Good morning, good morning. Um, you're all very welcome. Uh, this is our family carol service here at the Crescent Church. And if you're a visitor with us or someone has brought you along this morning, you are especially welcome. Um, I hope you have your turkey bought by now, um, your presents wrapped, and your idle chit-chat prepared for the arrival of your extended families on Christmas Day. Uh, and I hope that you feel relaxed this morning uh, with us. Uh, this is our family service. There will be carols, uh, some readings, um, and a bit of time to reflect on uh, the, the true uh, Christmas Christian message Um, Children will make noise. Mine probably will lead the way in that, so don't worry if that happens. Um, We're all here to spend some time together, uh, and between the madness of last week's shopping and the feasting of the week to come, to enjoy this brief reprieve um, and reflect on the true meaning of Christmas and to celebrate it together. Um, This morning we'll just run, hopefully seamlessly, Um, And so if you follow the directions when to stand and sing on the PowerPoint, that would be great. Uh, Let's just start with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the joy of this season. Uh, We thank you for the opportunity to come together, uh, for the lights, for the presence, for the brightness. Uh, But most of all, we thank you for uh, what this season teaches us about you. We pray that you would be with us this morning and that you would lift our hearts up in celebration. In your name, amen.
They're supposed to be sound, but um, we'll just skip that bit out and uh, glide on into the next part of the, the service. My name's Tim, and uh, I want to wish you all a happy Christmas. It's great to see everyone here. As Nick says, it, it was so good to have the whole family together this morning. Uh, and I'm going to bring this morning's message in three parts, okay? And I want to start off by um, asking the, the children, do you not find Christmas really strange? I mean, everything goes a little bit nuts at Christmas. Does anybody have... Um, does anybody have a box of these currently open in their house or any sort of chocolates? Is there any honest ones? Who, who eats too much chocolate at Christmas? All year you ask and you're told you have to wait until after your dinner or if you stay in bed till seven o'clock, then when you come down you can, and, and then, and then it comes to the first of December and you have chocolate every day and no one ever says no. It's amazing. And, and, and we wrap up presents. I mean, who wants one present when you can have five or six or seven? And we, we, we buy, you know, the most mundane things sometimes in our house. We even wrap up like smelly things like this. Does anybody get this wrapped up? I mean, you go to the shop once a month and buy it. And then when it comes to Christmas, we have to put it in wrapping paper. Well, I mean, we just, we, we're, we just go a bit strange at Christmas. And, 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 and I suppose we want it to be special. We want it to be memorable. And we want Christmas to save us from the ordinary. And so we have chocolates and we have gifts. And, and, and it, the other thing we do at Christmas is we, we go and see our families. This is my in-laws. Look at my big smile. I'm happy to be with my in-laws. And, and whenever it comes to Christmas, we see our family, don't we? We see our second cousins, our third cousins. We see cousins we don't even know that we're related to. We can't remember their names. There's great Auntie Joan who gives you the big slabbery kiss on the lips every year. And, and we, we, we go day after day seeing family. How long are they going to stay for? How far do we have to travel to this person's house? Why are we seeing them? But we want Christmas to, to save us from drifting apart, to hold us together, to, to sort of save our families from drifting apart. And the, the final thing that's very different at Christmas is the shopping. So that's a normal shop. And this is the Christmas shop. Now, it's not only the shop that's bigger, also some of the items are bigger. This is normal kitchen foil, but that won't work at Christmas. No, no, no. We need the extra wide Christmas foil. Who's bought extra wide Christmas foil for the massive turkey? And, and, you know, it's never just one of anything. Uh, Who's bought cases of slur? Yeah, 89p in spar. My mum went to three euro spars to get about 50 bottles of slur. And, you know, it looks like it, everything goes nuts. If you're really good at Christmas, you might get one of these. Or, or really good normally, you might get one of these. If you're really good at Christmas, who wants one when you can get five for a pound? Everything, we want it to be bigger. We want it to be better. We want it to be just that bit bigger at Christmas. It's, 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 it's as, as if we want Christmas to, to save us from being unhappy and sad. We, we want it to save us from being dissatisfied. But that's a lot of things to put on one day, isn't it? And the question we want to ask this morning is, can Christmas really save us? We're now going to have Sunday School to sing their piece.
Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to make Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the word of God.
Right, so part number two. We um, we all love the nativity story, don't we? The, the picture of Mary and Joseph together uh, on the hay bales, little baby facing the odds. But the path to get there wasn't quite plain sailing. As we have read in the scriptures this morning, thank you Nathaniel, we've read about how that Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married. The village knew, their families were pleased, the date was set, the plans were in motion. But then Joseph got some news. Mary was pregnant, but they weren't married yet. He wasn't the father. How could this be? What should he do? Well, he still loved her. He still cared for her. What was the best thing he could do? Maybe the best thing would be to, to leave. To, to do it so nobody else found out. Keep it quiet. Do it quietly. But, but would people find out? Would that be the best thing? He would write her a letter. But one more sleep. One more sleep. And then he'll give her the letter the next day. And that sleep was the most important sleep of his life. It's always a scary, frightening thing when God sends an angel. But in this dream, Joseph saw an angel from God. And we've read what the angel said. He said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The baby in her is from the Holy Spirit. Amazing. She hadn't found another man, but God had gifted her a baby, a special baby, that was the Son of God. He could marry Mary and know the truth. But that's not all that the angel said. The angel also told him, you will give him the name Jesus. You will give him the name Jesus. Give him that name because he will save his people from their sins his name came from his father on high jesus and his name told us what he would do he would save them from their sins thank you joseph thank you so i guess to explain that let me imagine with you that our creation god's creation is a bit like this giant block of Jenga. Everything is ordered. Everything is in the right place. Everything makes uh, the right contribution. It all works together. But the Bible explains to us that sin is the beginning of everything that ruins, everything that hurts, everything that makes a mess. A bit like this. Sin is the thing that ruins the order of God's creation. You see, sin is the reason why we so desperately want Christmas to save us. Sin is the reason why we want to be saved from being ordinary. Sin is the reason why we need to be saved from falling out or drifting apart. Sin is the reason why we're never really happy, never truly satisfied, even with the biggest and best Christmas dinner. But You will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He was the only one who was born without the problem of sin. He was the only one who who was born who wasn't broken, who wasn't damaged by sin. 
And so he was the one who could save us from our sins. His mummy never had to tell him no. He always loved. He never fell out with He was always happy with just enough. He was without sin. But yet he chose to die on the cross. He chose to be pulled apart so that we could be built back and put back together. He would be called Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. To be a Christian this Christmas isn't to save ourselves, but it's to know that we are broken, that, that we are sinful, and to know that that baby is the one who can save us this Christmas.
Father, we thank you for the joy of this season, for seeing the little lights of trees and decorations twinkling out through the darkness of the countryside. And Father, we reflect that often in this season we are looking for a glimpse of that light twinkling in the darkness of our lives as well. We hope for rest and recovery from the stress and strain of every day. We hope perhaps for reconciliation with family members. And Father, through your graciousness, we can have those. And yet we know that this season points us to something more. And so we thank you for the message of Christmas as we reflect on it this morning. We thank you for the testament to your character that it is, that you left heaven and came to live among us to reveal yourself to us and ultimately to die for us, to restore us in our life with you. Father, we thank you for the Christmas season. Father, we turn our eyes out from beyond this building to our country. We thank you um, for the peace and security that we have been privileged to enjoy for so long. And we pray for the government as it soon sits. We pray for those who are in authority over us that they would make wise and fair and just decisions for us in this land. And beyond that, Father, we think of the wider world, for those who through famine or disease or war or strife have not even a thought for Christmas time, who face problems and trials uh, that make our baubles and tinsel pale into insignificance. And as we think about your coming, Lord, we long for your second coming when those problems will ultimately be brought under your justice and peace. And until that day, Father, we pray for your grace and for your wisdom and for your peace among your people across this world. Pray that you would be with those who are suffering, those who are facing persecution for their love and allegiance to your Son, the Lord Jesus. And Father, we pray for anyone here this morning, perhaps brought along by a parent or by a friend uh, and who, for whom Christmas has been nothing more than, than presents and turkey. We pray that you would speak to them this morning, that they would be challenged and awed and warmed by the true message of Christmas. In your name, amen. Our second reading is from Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. All this happened to make clear the full meaning of what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be pregnant. She will have a son, and they will name him Emmanuel. This name means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the Lord's angel had told him to do. Joseph married Mary, but he did not have intimate relations with her until she gave birth to the son, and Joseph named the son Jesus. Uh, this morning. You know, all this news that Joseph got when he was a, a, a dreaming and the angel came to him was all news to him. But it, it really shouldn't have been. As we read in that passage, this is exactly what God had promised 800 years before by another messenger, not an angel, but a prophet. And, and, and we were sort of busy trying to rebuild our lives our own way. And, and we thought we could do it our own way. We thought we were probably good enough. And we tried really hard at school. And we, we tried our best. But it, we couldn't build it ourselves. And so God knew 
the right solution. And he promised 800 years before that a son would be born. And that baby, that he was now going to be him. And they would call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God came to live alongside us. The, the king of the universe come into his creation to feel what we feel, to cry as we would cry, to love and to laugh. To have God with us this Christmas is to have him to, to choose to not give up on us, but to continue to love and to rescue us. He became one of us to save us this Christmas. You know, that first Christmas saved Joseph. After the, the angel came to him, the marriage was back on, everything was right as it should be. This simple carpenter would now raise the king of kings. And although Joseph knew he wasn't of his flesh and bone, yet still he would love him with a father's love. And instead of breaking his marriage, this baby would save Joseph, the very father who would hold him in his arms. You know, I hope this Christmas is brilliant for all of us. I hope that it is memorable and wonderful. But, you know, Christmas can't save us. Christmas can't save us. But Jesus is still the God who saves. And by trusting in Jesus Christ this Christmas, we can be forgiven. We can be loved. Our lives can be put back together. Every part of our life can be touched and changed by Jesus this Christmas. And, and, and he is still Emmanuel. Jesus is still God with us. And by trusting in Jesus Christ this Christmas, through his Holy Spirit, he can be with us forever so that we're never alone, so that his strength, his care, and his grace is always with us. So Jesus can save us from the ordinary. Jesus can save us from growing apart. When we know his love, then we can start to love ourselves more and more. Jesus can save us from never really being satisfied. When we know to, we're loved and forgiven, it gives a joy and a deep happiness that will last even after the toys are broken, the batteries are done, the washing needs to be done. That joy is deeper and everlasting. So maybe this Christmas, don't expect Christmas to save you, but ask Jesus to save you. It is what he does. Jesus can save us this Christmas. Thank you.